50 minutes, where two therapists talk more than they listen. I'm your host, Dr. Tamara Sills. Welcome to This Hour Has 50 Minutes. I'm your host, Dr. Tamara Sills. Today is a brief update. I want to let you know that we have one more episode coming out in a couple of weeks, and then we'll be on hiatus until January 2022. But don't worry, we have so many exciting things coming up. I can't wait to tell you more in January. Until then, enjoy some highlights from previous episodes. And if you've missed any episodes, now's a great time to go back and check those out. As always, thanks for listening and thanks for sharing with others. Let's dive in. Episode 20, Alison Deneen on feeling a full range of emotions. People need to be able to have difficult feelings, yeah. which is, is, is not something I feel like we think about all that much. And if you grew up thinking that your job is to cheer adults up and calm them down, understandably, you think people are supposed to feel good all the time. Yeah. But the truth is, people need to be able to feel sad, lonely, overwhelmed, all the feelings that the world is trying to tell them not to feel. Episode 14, Dr. Joel Schwartz on the oppression of neurodivergent individuals. Um, Institutions are set up to routinely pathologize, diminish, and uh, shame and oppress people who are neurodivergent. And as a result, we as a society lose so much. And the thing that I like to say is, is how many, you know, Albert Einstein's have we lost by telling people not to be themselves? Yeah. Episode 16, Dr. Cameron Caswell on helping teens make the right choice because their entire brain is screaming, no, I need to do my own thing. So when we own the right thing by telling them the right thing to do, we have taken that choice from them and only left them the choice of the wrong things to do. That's all they have to select from. So I tell people, let them choose the right choice because chances are when they have that as a choice, their own choice, they're going to make it. Episode 26 with Gabrielle Ferrara, discussing being an authentic therapist and self-disclosing mental health. We talked about before, I've become more open about that experience and it's a, it's a big part of me. So I feel like if I wasn't open and accepting of, of that part of me, that my own mental health struggles, I would be hiding a part of myself or shielding a big part of myself. And when I'm doing that, I'm not being an authentic therapist. So it's kind of this bigger picture of in order for me to be an authentic therapist, I need to be authentic in all areas of my existence. Episode five, Dr. David Paul on moving through trauma. Treating trauma is, is really more about witnessing people move beyond it. 
right? And that has been, again, a very potent reminder that as, as horrific as, as these, the experiences that people often live through are, A, they, they live through them, right? And, and yeah. they, with the appropriate help, can get to a point where their lives are not defined by them. Episode 10, Dr. Regine Galanti on handling uncertainty and difficult emotions. Funny, because I actually think that's a large part of my practice, convincing people that um, thoughts are not meant to be positive all the time. So like, it's not that things will go well. It's that you don't know what they're going to (laughs) be. Right. Um, It's more about helping them learn that they can handle it and they can tolerate it more than it will go well. Right, exactly. So it might go well, it might go poorly, it'll probably go more in between. Episode 22 with Allison Deneen on modeling difficult emotions for our children. And I love to remind people who are saying like, how can I teach my kids that it's okay to feel emotions? And I always want to say, don't worry about them show them by doing it yourself because they're not listening to what you say so much as watching what you do. And if you are the one that runs away from sadness and anger and, you know, difficult emotions, that is where they learn that difficult emotions are to be escaped. Episode nine, Dr. Catherine Mogul on helping children build resilience. I think we almost have to be ambidextrous in the way we do it. Sometimes you need to be walking in front of to clear a little bit of the path, but leaving yeah. a few little rocks or pebbles. And sometimes you want to be next to them. And sometimes you want to be behind them, yeah. pushing them forward. And yeah. uh, to me, that is what therapy is about. Parenting is about is becoming that sort of multi-dextrous, I guess. Exactly. And, you know, when you, when we do this of like, clearing the path too much. And then we go, hooray, you did it. First of all, we are robbing children of that true, amazing joy and success that they have when they've mastered something. And there is nothing like it, right? To watch someone have that feeling, that elated feeling of, I did this. Episode 29 with Allison Perrier on niching down our private practice therapy clients. I think when they're starting a private practice, they think they just need to be open to anybody because Mm -hmm. they have to take any referral that comes their way. They, quote unquote, can't be picky in the beginning. Right. But I wonder if there's some danger in in that. So what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. So one of the main things that happens when you do that, like, let's say I took on some couples because they called me and I needed clients. Well, when one of them goes to see their psychiatrist or their, uh, their family practice doc or whomever... Um, or a friend asks, they're going to say something like, well, she's really nice. <laughs> and I will never get a referral from any of those other professionals again. Yeah. Because when I hear, oh. Episode seven, Allison Haynes on the inspiration for her neurodiversity affirming practice. We just couldn't find anything that really got my son that really understood where he was coming from. Right. Um, and a lot of them saw the behaviours he was displaying as uh, deficient and wrong, mm. uh, rather than just him trying to communicate his distress. 
and, and many times I used to walk away from the psych appointments with with my son in meltdown and me almost as upset, thinking and thinking this is this is not what I want to do. This is not working. It's not right. Episode one, Dr. Elizabeth Foley, on the fallacy of therapists having it all together. A lot of us as psychologists or as therapists are are very used to being in control, at mm-hmm. least of our emotional state. And I think we're probably way less on top of that than we think we are, but we like to tell ourselves that narrative, you know, like, I know how to cope with this. I know how to manage my emotions. Episode 28, Dr. Kim Perkins on consent and competition. And as a mom, I've had people ask me, aren't your children enrolled in soccer or music lessons or this or that? And I've said, they haven't wanted to. And, and I respect that. And you know, I've had a lot of flack from parents. Like, I bet. Kids don't always want to. How are they going to learn discipline if you don't, you know, enroll them in these and force <laughs> them to play piano 30 minutes a day? And <laughs> what you're saying about consent, it applies across the age range, right? Yes. It's, it's all I think ages. it absolutely does. You know, I remember being forced into piano lessons and I just had no talent for it. And I sat there with my little elbows up on the keyboard with my fists in my eyes crying. And my brother... Oh came over and said, what's this? Wow, that sounds really cool with this one. It's a G, you know. Uh-huh. And my, my mother came over and said, oh, we're teaching the wrong kid. <laughs> Episode 12, Tiffany McLean on therapist money stories and limiting beliefs. Coming from a place of a woman, a person of color, working class background, there are all kinds of stories we get about what we are allowed to have in the world, how much money we're allowed to make, and all kinds of stories about narratives that we should just be giving. We should just give out of the goodness of our hearts because that's what women do. That's mm-hmm. what people of color do. So it's, there's a lot pressing down on us when we're starting in private practice that's telling us you have to start with sliding scale or you should just start with low fees because that's what people like us are supposed to do. So it's no wonder we don't know how to start with a $200 uh, fee and believe that it's possible for us to get it. Episode 25, Dr. Miriam Kermeyer on metacommunication in adult friendships. It again reflects this expectation that conversations and moments of connection and feeling understood should just happen organically and that friends should just be able to know and figure this out. But having those discussions about things like how often are we connecting? Is it enough? Are you feeling like we're talking often enough in a way that works for you? How are we connecting? Are you finding yourself experiencing Zoom fatigue, right? Can we mix this up and bring in some of that newness that we were talking about before? Talking about how you resolve arguments or conflicts together and how you'd like to do that. Episode 6, Kadisha Adalekun, on helping BIPOC clients be represented in our practices. So if a BIPOC person, and specifically I'll say a Black person, if we're going to a therapist website, for example, and looking for services, and if we don't see anybody on that site that looks like us, that makes us question whether or not we're really wanted there, whether or not you really can help me, whether or not you can really relate to me, whether or not you'll be able to really hear me and listen to me, whether or not you'll really be able to empathize with me, because I don't see any kind of representation of me on your website. Same thing in your office. If I go into your office and I see nobody, you know, you may have pictures of art and different 
people or images on, on your walls. But again, if all of the images are white or none of the images look like me, you know, I feel, you know, we, we have a problem. Episode 27, Drs. Melissa Thiessen and Karen Dick on self-care and human giver syndrome. Men are socialized to be human beings and women are socialized to be human givers. And so, you know, right from the beginning and even just from very early years of life, this divide occurs, right? So that's going to lead into all of these limiting beliefs that Karen talked about. It's going to lead to having just more difficulty uh, taking time for oneself, for example, right? Or setting boundaries, all of these things that are so important to self-care. I think our time is done for today, but I look forward to continuing this conversation next time.